Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I'm Megan Robinson, joined by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba, and we are going to the ship. We going to the ship. What? We going to the ship. We going to the ship. Look, let me tell y'all something right now. I did not expect Texas of all teams to be in the actual Big 12 championship game. I know Justin called it. Justin called it way back in February, and you know the evidence is out there. I don't even remember who I picked. I was never a believing a believer in, to be honest, Coach Sark. I didn't think that he was going to be the type of coach that could get double digit wins because he had never had double digit wins as a head coach. And then Texas as a program just perpetually had this. I don't know, like this weird aura just over them that they couldn't get back ever since Colt McCoy left way back when. But here they are back at it. And, you know, I feel pretty good. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was a bit of a bold prediction, having Texas in the Big 12 championship game. I don't know what was more bold, honestly. Was it OSU coming off that season in 2022? Or was it picking Texas or both? Like the combination there. But... I don't know. That's just kind of the way I saw it playing out. I think that one of the biggest things was for OSU, we were there in 2021 and we started to look like we were going to be back in 2022 before all the injuries piled up and we fell off a cliff. So I thought, surely it's just a matter of time. We can figure things out. We'll get back. And then for Texas, I thought that they just had the benefit of returning some of those key guys and with TCU, Kansas State maybe dropping off. They don't have guys like Max Duggan, Deuce Vaughn returning. It just kind of looked like that was the way it was going to shape up from, from the beginning of February, and here we are. So kind of a, a wild ride. Not exactly the way I thought Oklahoma State would get there based on this season, a bunch of ups and downs, but we made it. We made it. Man, we did. did we make it. It Love was it. the largest home comeback in program history. And for the first time in program history, overcame deficits of 14 points or more in back-to-back weeks for our third trip to Arlington, or our second trip to Arlington in three years, excuse me. And I think that the icing on the cake of this whole thing, guys, is that by us winning, we eliminated OU. And I'm mm. sure that there were OU fans. I think I read a tweet. It might have been from Larry Reese that, you know, OU fans have been booking hotels as they're watching that game unfold, thinking they're going to be in Texas. Well, they're not. And I'm just happy that we now have a 50-50 shot of 
not having OU or Texas win the SEC or the SEC, the Big 12 championship before going into the SEC. Did not want that matchup, did not want the two teams leaving to have that chance for the title. So now o- Oklahoma State has to hold down for the rest of the Big 12 and pull this one out. <laughs> no doubt. Yo, real quick, just shout out to our senior associate athletic director, Larry Reese, who is getting bombarded on Twitter right now. I'm talking, <laughs> yo. OU fans talking straight trash, and you know what? He ain't ducking any of it. He said, look, I got time today, and he is just firing right back at them. I'm like, that's my senior associate AD right there. He said, bring it on. I got something for you, too. Man, seeing all these OU fans just crying and crying and crying is honestly one of the most beautiful things that I could have asked for (laughs) this this season. You know what I mean? Like, not only did we beat them in the last Bedlam, Bedlam chance forever, but here we are preventing them from going to the championship game and doing it in dramatic fashion. Man, that is the way that you want to end the regular season right there. Oh, man, you got to love Larry. Being the voice of the Cowboys and being the voice of the Cowboy fans. That's right. Just straight up talking mess. You got to love it. Uh, that's that's all part of the rivalry, part of the fun. Um, you know, we, we won't get to do that for a while, so I'm glad he's able to get in the shots right now. But, you know, if there are any OU fans listening, I think you should be kind of happy with the bounce back that your team had this year. I mean, 10 wins is a pretty good season, all right? And the way you were looking last year, you didn't even have to be down for long, all right? So be happy, okay? But I think the reason a lot of OU fans are upset is because, one, they have both of their rivals playing in the championship game, but two, because I think deep down, they know this was their last shot to win the (laughs) conference championship in a long time because they're gearing up for the SEC, and maybe, maybe they'll have some success in the SEC I have always kind of said, you know, the SEC a little bit overrated. And this is OU's chance to, you know, kind of prove that. But it's not the same caliber of team OU has had over the past decade or so. Had they gotten one more Big 12 championship under their belt on the way out, maybe they would have a little bit more confidence going into the SEC. But now that doubt and fear is creeping in. And you got to love it. As an OSU fan, you got to love it. But I do, speaking of doubt and fear, this one's for you guys. Are, are you a little bit worried about playing in Arlington at all? Because OSU has no luck in Arlington. Check this list out. 2009-2010 Cotton Bowl versus Ole Miss. Boy, Lost. boy, boy. I, 2013 I Cotton game. Bowl versus Missouri. I, so, so right there. Yeah. Not only did we lose to Ole Miss, but, I mean, we made every play imaginable. Matter of fact, the defensive player of the game, I believe, was Andre Sexton. And he was on the losing team. He was defensive player yeah, of the game. Crazy. Dexter McCluster ran all over us. And he wow. was the only 100-yard rusher that we gave up that entire season. And he went for like 178 or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, that something about that place, man. Sorry. Zach Robinson was hurt. You know, Keith yeah. Tostin was throwing touchdown passes. It was a wild game. Wild. Uh, to go on this list of sadness, uh, 2013 <laughs> Cotton Bowl versus Missouri. 2014, that season opener versus Florida State. 2015 versus Ole Miss, another Cotton Bowl loss. And then most recently, 2021 versus Baylor. I'm not going to talk about it, but we all know what happened. So Oklahoma State is up against it going into Arlington. You have to break this weird streak that's going on. You would think 
for this stadium that's meant for the Cowboys. The Cowboys need to come up. They need to show up and prove themselves, hey, this is where we belong. So let's go. I'm just saying that Ohio State beat Michigan eight years in a row, and Michigan has started a new streak, have won the last three. So maybe we can get a little of that Michigan magic and end the streak in Arlington and start because, a new one because there's rumors or there's not rumors, but there's talk that if we were to win this, you know, we go to New Year's Six Bowl, it could be the Peach, it could be the Cotton Bowl. So we could be back there in uh, a couple of weeks. So what if we're playing OSU, the OSU versus OSU? Let's game. start this now that we're going to win on Saturday in Arlington. And then if we end up in the Cotton Bowl, we're going to win again. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. It took a while for the Dallas Cowboys to gain home field advantage in that stadium themselves. So whenever that stadium was first built and it was released and launched, like everybody thought it was a spectacle. And the Dallas Cowboys even could not win. It took a little minute. So maybe our little minute is finally here. You know what I mean? So, yes. let, hey, we're getting back to, to, to the Cotton Bowl and we can finally start winning, right, in a stadium that is meant for the Cowboys. And if there's a connection to Michigan, I think we've got it. And Alan Bowman. Yeah, bring it full circle. Yes, bring it full circle. I love that. I love that. Well, we'll get into the game on Saturday in just a few minutes. But guys, we have to talk about what happened this past weekend in Boom Pickens Stadium. Absolute mayhem in that game. Took me on a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions. I will say, though, that when we went in at halftime, down 24 to six, I texted my friend and I said, I truly believe in this team. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I said, I think they know what's on the line. They've done it before. They can do it again. They can rally. They can turn it around. Cause we see we're a second half team. We've seen it all second season and came back, scored 21 unanswered points in the second half to lead 27, 24. Of course, BYU blocked that extra that point after attempt the, the, go, the go ahead touchdown and then they had 53 seconds left on the clock to march down the field and send the game into overtime by making a field goal. But I was there. The energy just felt different when we came out mm -hmm. in the second half. Eve, you said last week that you thought we'd take our foot off the gas. I think we started with our foot off the gas instead, but you were you were right in a sense that uh, we did not come out swinging the way that we should have. I told you it was all going to come down to which team is going to show up because <laughs> we have seen, what, like three, four different versions of the Cowboys play on Saturdays this year. And I'll tell you what, and on Friday, I should say, but I'll tell you what, I want to make an unnecessary comparison, but I'm going to anyway. Don't it seem like Brian Nardo reminds you of Jim Knowles a little bit, the way that nice. uh, it's a little, you, know, you, you don't know what's going to happen here in the first half, but then he just figures it out in the second half. It seems to be the consistent theme over the course of this season and more so over the past few weeks. But I'm telling you, whenever we came out at halftime, I was just like, I don't have a doubt that we're going to win this game. I, just, I don't know. I just, I just believed irrationally maybe, but I just believed mainly based on what Brian Nardo and that defense was able to do. That's pretty good. I, I was kind of with you, Meg, as far as, you know, the energy, um, just same thing. Texts yeah, are coming right. in. What's going on with the Cowboys? I'm done watching. Like, this is ridiculous. We're choking all this other stuff. And I'm like, Hey, it's a long game. All right. We're going to figure out a way to turn it around. Just believe because you're going to look real dumb <laughs> whenever you leave. And then here come the Cowboys back and winning this game. But um, I kind of wonder what what's the deal with us only scoring 27 points at the end of regulation. It's happened five 
different times this year. Oh, wow. Starting off Central Arkansas, Arizona State, Iowa State, OU, and BYU. And of course, we scored when we needed to in overtime and double overtime. But what's the deal with 27 points? Like we couldn't even get that extra point to make it 28. We just love to score 27. <laughs> I will say though, everyone was freaking out. My dad was texting me. He's like, he missed the extra point. I'm like, hey, it was blocked. So let's let's report that accurately, Dad. It was blocked. He did not miss. Uh, eat. Stop. <laughs> it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You got nothing to say. But what I what I said to people is ultimately the game played out in our favor. So it's hindsight's 2020. But I'm almost happy that he missed that extra point because I think that had he made it. BYU would have had to play for a touchdown to win the game. A field goal gets them nothing. That entire final drive is going to be orchestrated much differently. And then you're defending against a touchdown. We've seen our our, play, our defense give up big plays. So in a sense, I'm grateful that he missed yeah. that extra point so that they could play for the field goal, play to, for the tie, send it into overtime, and we could regroup. And in overtime, BYU – got the ball first. They picked which direction they were going to go. They went towards the um, east end zone, which did not work in their favor for the second overtime because then they're coming in to our student section, which was absolute mayhem plus the paddle people. So thank you, BP, for winning that toss, deferring possession, letting BU pick which way to go and ultimately working out for the Cowboys. And one last thing, I do have to give BYU credit because they came out firing on all cylinders. They pulled out Absolutely. All of the stops. They had absolutely nothing to lose. They were playing for bowl eligibility. And I think that they caught us, not think they did catch us off guard. That onside kick attempt that we got very lucky that there was an illegal block, the fourth down fake conversion that they pulled off. Like we were not ready for the tricks that were up their sleeve. And right. I hope that we come on Saturday with a similar mindset against Texas. Yeah. And Absolutely. Agree with you hundred percent on, on the sentiment of like not having to defend against a touchdown at the end of the game. Now credit where it's due, the defense Nardo stepped up big time and basically like pitched a shutout in the second half for the most part. But at the end of the game, like, I mean, that could have been just a heartbreaker. I don't know if I could have handled that. So it played out the way it was supposed to play out. The good guys won. Um, BYU, it started to seem like, you know, they were kind of figuring it out toward the end of the year. So it stinks for them that they are going to miss a bowl game, mm -hmm. but I think they're going to get there. Um, they're going to be all right. And, you know, you kind of mentioned it. they were playing for a bowl game. Stakes were high for them, but the stakes were much higher for Oklahoma state. And you just had to know that that comeback wasn't going to be for nothing. You know, they were going to go in there, um, earn their spot to play for a big 12 championship. And, um, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Sometimes you're, you know, you're playing for something big, but you're playing up against a team that's playing for something bigger. Yeah. And I tell you, whenever you're overlooking a team or a team feels overlooked, oftentimes those are the most dangerous teams to actually play, especially if they're actually playing for something. So, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people thought that BYU was necessarily a good team, but I mean, goodness, they're playing for bowl eligibility in their first year in the Big 12 Conference. So, yeah, as, as Meg said, they came out pulling out all the stunts. And, yeah, I, I, man, I, I do not know what – 
to expect from Texas this week, right? I don't know if they're going to come out doing the same thing, knowing that they're leaving the Big 12 Conference, knowing that Sark is playing for, you know, what he's playing for. And, you know, the whole team is playing for a lot. But my goodness, um, you just you just got to be ready, man. I, I do yeah. not know what Texas is going to bring to us. I also think the, what you guys have said about being ready and not coming prepared to play for a team. I mean, we saw it against UCF. We were not prepared, did oh, not yeah. come to play, got our asses whooped by UCF, come in the next week to Houston, come out flat, are down, yeah. what was it, 23 to 9 was the what we were down? Typically and then you have Trey Rucker, who has the interception that shifted the momentum of that game, come out this week. I think we're all like, oh, BYU, okay, whatever. You know, they played a close one against OU, but that was in Provo. And on paper, they didn't look that impressive. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, actually, they're coming out swinging. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that yeah. we come to play against Texas because when games against Kansas, K-State, OU, the ranked teams that we've played where they on paper looked like strong competition, we've come out a lot more prepared than yeah. the games that we're like, eh, I don't really care. Yeah, and the, the dynamics were kind of weird against BYU because we really probably could have been up 14 to nothing at the beginning of the game, ended up being six nothing. Bowman kind of throws an uncharacteristic pick six, and then it becomes this whole thing because uncharacteristic or I characteristic, think, depending on who you ask. I'm a Bowman fan, by the way. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't necessarily subscribe to that because he's I think for the most part he's done a great job at protecting the ball. Yeah. And it seemed like just a, a rare occurrence where he and his receiver just weren't on the same page. Um, by the way, if he would have actually like pump faked that and thrown it deep, that was a touchdown. I mean, he was completely burnt, you know, but the guy jumped it and he timed it perfectly. So yep. ended up being a pick six. And yeah, it was just a weird start. And still, I just kind of believed, you know, the whole time, like we're better than this. We're going to come back, you know, uh, check engine light's going to come on for BYU eventually. Yeah. And sure enough, it did. Well, we, we talked about giving props to the defense, but I think we can all agree that our offense is not playing up to par, especially over the past couple of weeks. I don't think it's not necessarily at fault of the players, but play calling just has been weird or questionable at best, right? So I want to throw something out at y'all. Houston just fired Dana Holgerson. Would y'all <laughs> want Dana Holgerson <laughs> to come back as the play caller for OSU football? What, what, what do y'all think? Go ahead, Meg. I don't have a strong enough opinion on it either way. I mean, didn't he leave kind of on not great terms when he left, or am I mistaken? I don't yeah. necessarily know that it was on bad terms by any means, but it, it always felt a little bit strange that he he he. It, you kind of knew it was like a rental, like yeah. a one year thing. Like he never really got too invested in silver. He was living in a hotel. Yeah. Um, you knew that he was just using it as a stepping stone to the yeah. next gig. There were several times, even at practice, whenever I would just pay attention to him and Gundy's interactions, and I'd be like, I don't know if they really get along all that well. <laughs> but, I mean, that doesn't discredit his brilliance sure. when it comes to being an offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. I, th there are things I love about him. I mean, he, he gives everybody a fair shot. Uh, he likes just – the guys to give max effort and he's going to use the talent the way, the best way he sees fit. And it most often times it works, it works out for him. But uh, I think that the game, 
I mean, it's just kind of evolved. It's not it's not so much of that air raid attack. It's not so basic anymore that as far as what it used to be on offense. Right. A lot more RPOs and things like that that are involved. I think he would absolutely thrive in a situation like this to be able to have uh, such a strong running attack and then also the receiver skill talent that's out there. So I think he would do a great job if Oklahoma State were to hire him as the offensive coordinator. Right. I just don't see it happening. Why? Why not? You think he goes to get another head coaching gig or what? I don't think we get rid of Dunn. Yeah, I I don't necessarily know that um, he would. Maybe I don't I don't want to call and it like swallow to. your pride and come back to Stillwater. I just I don't know that he loves Stillwater. I don't know that he loved, you know, being under Coach Gundy. I think that you know That's whenever true. you've got that taste of being a head coach, do you want to necessarily go back to kind of where you've been and to be an offensive coordinator? I mean, what I, don't know, you have. I don't, I don't know, you know, what, what's going through his head. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe it's, right. yeah. it could just be, you know, take, take the next job over at, um, maybe he's Kentucky another head coach somewhere coach. else. Kentucky needs a coach. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know what his, what his thoughts are on, on the matter. So True. to me, I would think, you know, he's probably, I think one of the biggest things that he hated about Stillwater was just how windy it gets. And it's like he wants to do the air raid, and in the spring hey, you're trying to like get your timing down. Wind swirling all over the place, but hey, we've got the indoor facility now. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there's a lot of different factors to go into that, but uh, man, it would be wild if he was able yeah. to come back. Like I think that a lot of fans would welcome it. Um, Eve, you mentioned the play calling this year has been questionable, but I will say, back to the BYU game. Maybe one of the gutsiest, most awesome calls that have, that has come out was on fourth down. Oh, yes, you're thinking that it's going to go to Ollie Gordon because surely he's going to be able to take the ball and convert against BYU to keep this game going. But no, we're going to play action to him and swing it out yeah. to Jaden Nixon. And what's he going to do? Lower that shoulder Trust and get that. through that guy. Not anybody, dude. That was their captain on the defense. Okay. I'm not saying that Dunn didn't think he was just going to be able to run wide open. BYU played that actually really well, but Jaden Nixon, man, like digging deep and making it happen. You got to love that. Just sheer determination. Happy for my guy. That made me so happy. Jaden is one of my favorite players on this team. He is the ultimate teammate. And I know going into the season, that we were all like, oh, we we're going to have this three-headed monster, Elijah Collins, Ollie Gordon, Jaden Nixon, who they are all very good running backs. And then obviously Ollie has emerged as the nation's leading yeah. rusher. So of course you need to feed Ollie. But for Jaden to come in on a fourth down call, Big which time. is essentially the game right there, and to make the catch, make the play, get the first down, like Jaden, I'm so proud of you. I'm so yeah. proud of you. And that was a big time play in a big time moment. And absolutely. When I tell you, sorry, I, I hate to be this guy who just Eat, brings. <laughs> Whenever I saw that play, you know where my mind instantly went? To 2021 versus Baylor, Big yeah. 12 championship game, cornerback versus running back. You need to pick up a yard. 
Like, why didn't the guy just lower his pads and run the guy over? Like, what Jaden did is exactly what should have happened a yeah. couple of years ago when we were in the Big 12 championship game. Everything would have been different. But hey, that's, that's he, he learned he learned from that mistake. Yeah, you know, right. right. Hey, <laughs> I mean, we learned a lot more things going into Saturday. Couple more shout outs and things to know about our game versus BYU before we move in to the Big 12 championship game. First of all, Leon Johnson, a hmm. monster, monster game. Nine catches, 132 yards. Ollie Gordon, of course, what needs to be said, 166 yards on 34 carries and five touchdowns. He is one of two players to rush, two OSU players to rush for five touchdowns in a single game. The other guys, Barry Sanders, Barry Sanders. and Barry accomplished that three times in his career. Ollie was named a Doak Walker finalist earlier this week. And of course, here of the game, Trey Rucker. For hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause real fast. Because every time, every time I hear a Barry Sanders statistic, it kind of just gets glossed over. And I always like am mind blown by it. You said that he ran for five touchdowns three different times. Three times in his career is what I read. Which is really the My 88 stats. season. So in a quarter of the games that he played, he scored five rushing touchdowns. Guys, yeah. what? Bro, I watched Bye Bye Barry on Amazon Prime on yeah. Thanksgiving morning. And the stuff that I just, and I've seen all these before because I think anybody who's a football fan has watched Barry Sanders highlights on YouTube for hours. All right. But just watching it again and then seeing what he was able to do at Oklahoma State and seeing how he didn't necessarily want any credit and he was just so humble. I'm just like, I love this man. I love this man. Yo, Barry Sanders is out of this world and there will never be another. Yep. Sorry, Meg. Go ahead. Trey no, Rucker, as you were sorry. saying. No, that's, that's fair. I'm trying to find to make sure that I was accurate. Yeah. I oh, know you're good. Why, while you do that, I just want to bring up, yo, Leon Johnson. This yeah. dude has I just become. over those stats. I mean, this guy's just <laughs> becoming one of the, uh, like, a fan favorite. And you just yeah. like, out of nowhere, here's somebody that you can always rely on. I saw that he was getting honored out there for senior day. I don't think yeah. he has any eligibility left. But right. man, I wish he did. Yeah, <laughs> I I, like, he does too. Would love to have back. He does too. And like, if there's anybody out there that's listening and thinking about transferring to Oklahoma State, here's a guy that transferred in and he had one year and was like, "That's it. I, I need another year." It says, "I need more." And Oklahoma State fans, guess what? We want more Leon Johnson. Like, right? I wish it could work. I hope that they're able to like put in an appeal and he's able to be granted another year of eligibility, but Leon Johnson, man, thank you so much for burning your red shirt and putting the team first because right. we do not take that for granted. Not at all. I mean, huge. You just came up so big for us this year and you're one of the reasons we're able to go to Arlington. So thank you. Yes. Met, met his parents and his younger brother on Saturday. Great family. Listeners of the show, hello, Johnson family. We appreciate you. Uh, and also, I met Josiah Johnson's mom, dad, and sister, and Cody Walterscheid's. But I'll, I'm talking about Josiah because you talk about transfers. And this is also uh, Josiah's only year with the program because he's out of eligibility as well. And his parents said that this is the most humble team that he's ever been a part of. And that if anyone is choosing between somewhere else in Oklahoma State, come to Oklahoma State because it's oh, just no. a great program. So to have... Considering where we were in 2022 and where we are now and the transfers that we've had who have completely bought into the program. And I think that that's why I wasn't concerned about 
if we could come back in this game because I know how much these guys care about each other and I know how much they want to win. Um, and that's why, you know, they, they believe in each other and they fight for each other and there's no divas. You know, I've seen quotes about Ollie's always so quick to thank his offensive line and it's not him, it's them. You know, it's like, I'm not doing this. We are doing yeah. this. And that kind of selfless play is what you need to be, to be successful. Um, but the last thing I was going to say before we move on to Texas is Trey Rucker. He was the uh, hero of the game, forcing and recovering that fumble in the second overtime. And he earned big 12 defensive player of the week honors. So congrats. Stepping hey. up big time. Also, there is nothing more beautiful. <clears throat> Let me say that again. <laughs> there is nothing more beautiful in the game of football than seeing the ball in the hands of a DB. When and they're whenever, on your team. Ooh, and whenever it's a game winning play, even better. Also, we talked about Trey Rucker getting weekly honors. We talked about Ollie on the Doak Walker finalist list. Alex Hale was robbed. Alex Hale was yeah. robbed. He should be on the Groza finalist list. He wasn't. Neither was Burt Auburn from Texas, who was one of the most clutch kickers. That award means nothing to me this year because they both were robbed. Totally rigged. Yeah, I mean, granted, it, I, I don't know who the guys on there are, so I don't know how they performed. It may have just been a really, really tough selection this year. It was like Alabama's kicker. and I mean, uh, how good were they? Did they go like, uh, were they 100% for the season or something? This is just me being completely ignorant of uh, of the Lou Gozer finalist. Yeah, I don't remember what. Riker from Alabama, there. Graham Nicholson from Miami, Ohio, and Jose Pisano from UNLV. Get out of here. <laughs> Meg's like, look, I don't even care what y'all did this year. Yeah. You're not Alex Hale. All right. Get out of here. Or, and like, honestly, for Auburn, the kid is so clutch. I think he's made like 18 or 19 consecutive field goals. Like he's very, very good at kicking. And for him to not be on there, rigged. I don't know what's up with some of these voters, man. All I know is they better get that Doug Walker one right. Yeah. And Auburn. give Nick Martin All-American. Dang it. That's right. Ollie will have more of a chance to further his Doak Walker candidacy case award case on Saturday when we head to Arlington to play in our second Big 12 championship game in three years. Texas is easily the best team we faced all season, coming off a 57-7 to victory over Texas Tech. Guys, um, their defense is scary. They rank first in the Big 12 in scoring defense, allowing 17.3 points per game and in total defense, allowing 325 yards per game. They rank fourth nationally in defensive efficiency. Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy II are the anchors of their D-line and Sweat was just named an Outland Trophy finalist. And if you have not seen him play, kid's a beast. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Texas defense is legit. Yeah. <laughs> For real. They're the truth, man. I've watched them a couple times this season, and I'm just like, man, they look good. Um, they're, they're very disciplined, too. That's the thing about them. They are disciplined. You rarely ever see anybody out of, like, alignment, out of um, just – they always do what they're supposed to do, it seems like. But I will say, real quick, going back to what you said about, you know, second Big 12 championship game in the last three years. Mm -hmm. uh, for the listeners, I don't know if y'all know, but – OSU 
is the lone Big 12 team and ninth Power 5 program to make more than one championship game over the last four seasons. And the others are Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Oregon, USC, Iowa, and Utah. I mean, just listen to those names. I'm going to say them again. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Oregon, USC, Iowa, and Utah. You can't tell me we're not an elite football program, all right? That's the type of company that we keep right there, all right? So, yeah, it's just what we do. The only ones in the Big 12 Conference, by the way. But, yeah, yeah, going in here and facing Texas, man, we got to be on our our P's and Q's. There is a a little outlier in that list. Iowa, I mean, come on. Big Ten West. Right, my favorite we week. <laughs> my favorite stat from the 2022 season. I'm going to say this because it's so funny to me. My favorite stat from all of 2022 across all sports is that Iowa football had more white starters on their defense than the entire SEC conference combined. It's just it's just such a funny stat. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I had to go and double check it, and it was 100% true. It was the craziest thing ever. But that's what Iowa that's does, amazing. man. They, they they produce great defenses and some 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 great white guys. They've got they got some talented defenders for sure. Often yeah, they got a the white hand. corner. There's a white cornerback on Iowa's defense right now who's projected to be like a first round pick. He runs like a four three. I'm like, what? Like this is almost like he's extinct. You know what I mean? Like this never happens. And it's happening right now at Iowa. I'm a big He was so surprised. This is all this is is just that he doesn't want to play on offense because they can't get anything going on offense. Otherwise, he'd be a receiver, you know. Hey, you might be right, man. I all I know is I'm a huge fan of that guy. He was like, No, I don't want to be the next Cooper Cup. I want to be Champ <laughs> Bailey, the white version. I'm like the white champ Bailey. Uh, enough about Iowa. Gosh. Um <laughs> back to Texas, I guess. I mean, yes, they're good. I understand that, but they haven't played Ollie Gordon. Okay. Yeah. They have a great rushing defense, but they haven't played Ollie Gordon. So did Cincinnati. So did Cincinnati. That's a great call, Eve. You know what? Cincinnati. I remember back in the day when you had a top 25 rushing defense in the country and then Ollie Gordon ran all over you and he dropped way out of the way out of the rankings. Like, so I will say, if there's any shot at Oklahoma State beating Texas, and you know we believe in Oklahoma State, it's because of Ollie Gordon. Yeah, I mean, I will say on one hand, you know Texas has a good team. You know that they could possibly make it to the college football playoffs. You know they have a solid, solid defense. But on the other hand, doesn't it just seem that we have Texas' number? Over the last decade, I I think we've beaten Texas more times than any other program, and we've beaten Texas in the state of Texas more than anybody in their history, right? So it just I I feel I feel pretty good about that, you know. I don't know if something psychological or what. Like I just I feel (laughs) good. You know what I did this week? I went back and I watched the 2011 game against Texas that we had. You know, just to get just to feel good about it. I went back. I watched the 2018 game, right, where Tylen Wallace went off against Texas. I just like, you know, I just I just want to feel good about it. Went back and watched the 2022 game. I don't know. I don't even – I'm not a big believer in, in good mojo or the universe or karma or any of that vibes. But I'm telling you, man, <laughs> I went back and watched those games. I'm just like, hey, whatever I could bring our way, I will bring it just because it felt right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's just something about our team that I, that feels different to me. I don't know if you guys saw any of the videos of the players going out to Boone Pickens stadium on, oh, yeah. I guess it was Sunday night. And there were hundreds and hundreds of students lined up at like 11 o'clock, you know, they were there until one or 2 AM, I think. And then they got their raffle tickets and they went home until about five or 6 AM came back, got in line to get their big 12 championship tickets. But at some point in the night, a handful, I know that Leon Johnson, uh, BP, Ollie were definitely there. I think a handful of other players were there just saying thank you to the students. They were on the Gator. They had a boom box making everyone feel good. There's a video of Ollie and BP dancing in, you know, in the middle of a ring of students. And I think that they're just having fun with it. And I, I, I think that they're locked in as well, but they're also understanding like this is the opportunity that we've wanted since 2021. For two years, we've waited. I mean, it's not that long in the grand scheme of things, but also like yeah. you're you're here to get redemption. And like, I just think that they're going to be locked in. They're going to be dialed in. Texas's defense is very good. I gave our O-line compliments last week. I said, I am thankful for you. O-line, please, I need you to play the best football game of your life. O-line is going to be the X factor in this yes. game. You need to protect Bowman. Bowman, you need to protect the football. Use Ollie, but also use Jaden. Have two back, two back plays and yeah. make them think they're going to Ollie. Go to Jaden. We have incredible receivers. BP, Rashad Owens, Leon Johnson, Jaden Bray. Shoot, get Josiah Johnson in the mix and put put Blaine Green in there as well. Blaine Green can make plays too. Like they all need to step up and just have the game of their lives. <laughs> I'd like to see a nice two-headed monster in the backfield. That'd be that'd be nice. But I think you brought up the key right there, Meg, the offensive line. O-line play is going to determine everything here. If you remember back whenever I talked about um, OU, after the OU game, I said our O-line didn't play well. It just so happens that OU's linebackers played worse. And that that's what I saw with my own eyes as I was watching the game. So Texas linebackers are way better than OU's, straight up. So we need it. We need to come out actually playing well and not rely so much on the running backs having to make a play, having to make themselves skinny, having to use their vision in order to gain yards. But O-line, man, that's going to be the biggest thing there. Another thing that you brought up, right? The players are coming out and they're meeting fans. They got the boom box. They're taking photos with everybody. They're having fun with it. Hopefully that doesn't distract them from the task at hand. Let me just say something. The last time that we had a huge win, Bedlam, we came out flat the following week. I just want to say that there is a way to do both. Like you can go out there, you can dominate, you can have fun during the week and you can go out the following week and dominate again. We did it for, you know, three years straight whenever I was in school playing yeah. there. Like that 2011 season, we had a lot of fun. We had parties out on the streets. We had every, every type of party that you could think of. But then the very next day we held each other accountable in making sure that we were back in that facility early and and nobody was taking any anything off the gas right so that's the type of stuff that you need i hope that accountability is there the entire way because a wise football player once told me hey i used to go out and cut a rug every single night but i was also the first person in the sauna the next day making sure that i was good to go and i hope that's the mentality that we have yeah i uh i had a point that i was going to make oh we have nothing to lose in this game that's genuinely how I feel about it. And if we go, no, we were picked seventh. We were picked seventh in the big 12. Literally no one 
thought we would be here, especially after the mass exodus that we saw in the offseason, losing 33 players. I don't even think I, I think my teams that I picked for the Big 12 championship. Now, this was definitely a hot take. It was like BYU and K-State. And that was me being like, that'd be really cool if it was out, if it was right, because like who would pick them, you know? And like, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Okay, I'll call myself out. Idiot. But, that was also that was also back in February before we knew anything about the transfer players, anything about these people. We had barely seen Ali Gore. We saw him a little bit last year, whatever. So I realized my take was absolutely stupid, and I apologize for that. But so I, digress. <laughs> I digress. But if I was right, I'd be like, yeah. Anyway, bad take. I admit it. But no, we were picked seventh in the Big 12. Literally no one thought we'd be contending for a Big 12 championship in December. Justin did. Justin's the one that thought that. <laughs> Justin's the one. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope that we come out like BYU playing football, having fun. And if we lose this game and we play our best football, I'm not going to be upset about it. If we lose this game and play like we did against UCF, where we're just awful, then that's a frustrating loss, you know? But like, no one expects us to win this game. I think on ESPN, the 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 win percentage is Texas, like 88%. Like yeah, they're a two-touchdown favorite. And it's like, okay, guys, so let's just go get creative with the play calling, play smart football, protect the football, act how BYU acted in the first half against us, catch yeah. them off guard, because at the end of the day, no one thought we were going to be here. So what do you have to lose? Yeah, and gosh, I mean, I get it. Texas, they're really good this year. All right, they went in to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama by 10. Um, but you know what? They also lost to OU, who... Oh, that's right. We beat OU. That's right. And you know it's any given Saturday in college football. So, yes, OSU will need to play at a very high level, similar to how they played against Kansas State and OU. But it's very possible for OSU to win. Like, those Kansas State and OU games were a while ago i'll give you that and since the ou game there has been a significant drop off but when you've got this game on the line you just got to go out like exactly what you said meg like lay it all out there leave nothing to chance um but yeah similar to how you sent ou to the sec with an l you have a chance to send texas to the sec with an l and oh, yeah man, wouldn't it be great to go into this next era of the Big 12 Time having out. sent those two off with a loss to the SEC as the top dogs. Man, a lot to play for. A lot to play yeah, for. Yeah, still a lot to play for. And let me tell you something. You remember after we came off the bye week, you know, we had just lost to Iowa State, and we come out against Kansas State, and our offense looked completely different than what we had seen the first four weeks. I mean, we named the starter – Casey Dunn was out here coming out with reverses and trick plays and motions and all kinds of stuff. RPOs, Alan Bowman running it into the end zone. And we're like, what in the world? And we scored 29 points, I believe, that game. And all <laughs> types of stuff was happening. Yeah. And we were like, what? what? What is happening right now? Man, I hope that's the kind of offense that we see. We would have scored way more points if there was any chemistry within that offense at that point. Because at that point, yeah. At the sales, some passes were dropped, things like that. But, man, that's the type of stuff that I'm hoping that we see, just trick plays and, you know, stuff that just catches people off their toes. Well, Eve, I know it's probably hard for you to talk about offense 
hard for me to talk about defense, but I, I will say, <laughs> and I love defense, but I will say that yes, offense, you're going to have to step up. They're scoring 35 points a game. You're going to have to score probably at least 35 yeah. to win. But I think even more so it's going to be pressure on our defense, right? If they're scoring 35, can't let them get there. Okay. Now our DBs have struggled a little bit this year and they have some pretty good receiving threats, but I think that our defensive back struggles have less to do with our talent level and more to do with the concepts and schemes. And what I mean by that is we've played so many teams this year where we have played against dual threat quarterbacks and the secondary had to account for that. Now with Texas, I don't know, maybe they'll be able to lock on their man and that can be their main focus. And I think that'll help our coverage, but maybe even bigger than that, than the DBs. The reason I think that we won against Texas in 2022, whenever nobody really expected us to beat a, to beat Texas then was because it came down to the D line, our linebackers being able to get that pass rush against the Longhorns. So, and that's even going to help out with our, our DBs and coverage. But I mean, if our, if, if we can do that, I mean, easier said than done. Right. But if we can do that, we've got a legitimate shot to beat Texas. And I absolutely believe we can do that. The biggest liability all season has been the defensive line. In my opinion. Now I will also say Quinn Ewers has been hurt multiple times this season. So I think maybe because of, you know, the injuries, their, their coaches will be, less likely to actually have designed quarterback runs for him. Maybe that helps us out, right? Wanting to keep him in the pocket, wanting uh, him to stay healthy, you know, going into the postseason and everything. So, you know, hopefully that's something that just works out to our favor. But that boy, Xavier Worthy, that wide receiver right there, boy, let me tell you, that boy's nice. He's nice as a receiver. He is nice as a returner. So our special teams coverage has to be on point as well. Yeah. And Xavier Worthy, he did get hurt a little bit against Texas Tech last week. He left the game a couple times with an apparent lower extremity injury. He is expected to play on Saturday. Jonathan Brooks is obviously out for the season after suffering an injury a couple weeks ago. So are their second, their their number two and three running backs. So they are down to um, who's playing Jaden Blue and Savion red. So those are, they're expected to split carries at running back because Jonathan Brooks and his backup CJ Baxter are both out on Saturday. But then you also have to think about, you know, Xavier Worthy is very good, but so is Donna Mitchell, 704 yards, nine touchdowns and Whittingham, you know, Whittingham yeah. is also a threat as well. So yeah. And then uh, they, they got a tight end out there. They got a tight end. That's really nice. JT. Um, but let me, let, let me say this too. You, you know me, I never wish bad health on any player ever. I want everybody to be in good health, and I hope that Xavier Worthy is 100% healthy on Sunday. All right. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> hey, Saturday, you can miss Saturday. Hey, be 50% on Saturday, but get back to full health the following day. And Eve, you mentioned special teams and how we'll have to be on our game. You know what, man? Um, I, I'm really looking forward to, which I, I think we haven't we haven't seen it in a while. So I, I'm really looking forward to a, a Brennan Presley kick return or a punt return Ooh. for a touchdown. How about that? You know, no, I would love maybe that. it's not only about us being on that side of the special teams, but on the on the productive side, getting to the end zone. Because man, he did it in 2021 against OU and basically cemented himself as a legend at that point in time. 
But if you do it against Texas to win the game in a Big 12 championship, build yeah. a statue. Yeah, all right. I'll tell you something right now. If that happens, I'm I'm just gonna sprint wherever I'm at. I'm I'm taking off on a full on sprint. I won't be able to hold in the excitement. And you know what, Presley? Props. We didn't talk about it yet, but props to be able, uh, the fake punt. This giant is lumbering towards you and decides he wants to hurdle you for some reason, and you stood your ground and basically prevented a touchdown from happening. So, another reason why we're in Arlington because of Brennan Presley, not only from what you do on the offensive side of the ball, but playing with smarts and guts. Oklahoma legend. Yeah. A legend in the state. <laughs> well, guys, uh, should we get to uniform picks? Justin guessed correctly again. Black, mm. orange, black with the brand. What else is new? No, I'm kidding. I'm very so happy. So beautiful. Also have to shout out to Untitled Productions 5153, who guessed correctly the uniform combination in our YouTube comments. So congrats to you as well. Yeah. Someone one of uh, my favorite things to come out of the internet over the past week has been OK State Tracker on yeah. Twitter X. So at OK State Tracker has been, um, you know, the, the, the Twitter page that documents Oklahoma State football uniforms uh, for life, I guess. <laughs> Right. So, you know, that's been really cool. Shout out Justin Southwell for creating that, putting some dope graphics together uh, that track all of that. Guys, I had a little bit of time uh, over this Thanksgiving okay. break. And yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit. Um, my wife, Sheridan, loves to do puzzles. And I'm not really a big puzzle guy. So she kind of just handles it all on herself. And she just spreads it out on a table, spends hours doing puzzles. Christmas movies playing in the background. It's kind of her way to unwind, right? And but it takes it takes hours. So what am I gonna do? I can't I can't take the TV from her because she's got that going on in the background. What what, what have we been missing this whole time on Twitter? A yeah. uniform tracker for the best uniforms in the nation over at least the past decade and a half. Right. And yes, I say I spent some time. I probably spent like so far, I probably put in about 30 hours on this thing. Like I'm like it. taking it very seriously. I'm getting very much into the details of this. I basically reverse engineered an old template from like 2019. Somebody had basically uploaded it for people to download and be able to do their own things. And a lot of trial and error on my side, but figured it out and eventually got the courage to be able to create the account and put it on Twitter for everybody That's to see. Cool. But yeah, go give that account a follow. If you haven't already, I'm having a lot of fun with it. We're going to go back in time a little bit, some look backs on some of the combos that we've worn in the past. And if I run out of combos, I might just keep going, you know, I'll just keep going back and back and back. We'll get some of these uniform savants in this thing with me, but yeah, I've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I think at this point now Sheridan is like, okay, my puzzles wrapped up. You need to kind of wrap it up on, you know, get over here and like, you're spending too much Yo, time. I heard more puzzles. <laughs> yeah. I have about, like just, you, Justin. They're in my puzzles closet. for Christmas. So yeah, everybody's <laughs> in Justin puzzles. <laughs> I have I have several I can uh, drop off in OKC there or you can drop the next time you're in Stillwater. That is great. hilarious. But you know what? The effort is evident. I mean, some of the details in those graphics, I'm just like, yo, Justin, don't miss nothing. So yeah, definitely seeing all the details in each one of those, man. It's it's, it's really, really dope to see. Yeah. Appreciate Guys. It. Uh, well, Justin, Justin got it right. Has Justin Williams seen 
the uniform tracker yet. I don't know if Justin's on Twitter anymore. I'll have to send it to him. Yeah. And text and see. Yeah. Send it to him. Um, yeah. See what he thinks. He'll be like, you know, you missed the back bumper. And I'm like, I'm not doing all that stuff. Like I'm just <laughs> focusing on the logo, the helmet <laughs> color, the face mask, the stripes, the Jersey, the color, the stripes. There's so many aspects and I'm just like, appreciative of all the details that go into it but at the same time i'm like justin you made this like way harder on me than it needed to be because it could have just been so simple copy paste and move on but no it's it's been a lot of fun and i will say this i've i kind of discovered something that i didn't realize before i'm in the process of going between 2012 and 2013 and in 2012 we had the orange helmet with pistol pete logo but he didn't have the the bandana and then I noticed in 2013 he did. So it's like it's a it's a completely wow. different logo. There you go. And then there's also an orange OSU logo that was on an orange helmet in 2012 that didn't have the bevels. Mm. And then it turned back around in 2013 and it, it had the bevels again. So just like minor details like that that I'm like, I need to be on my A game because somebody's gonna figure that out. Probably Justin Williams and be like, ah, you missed this one. So <laughs> I gotta make him proud. Make him proud. Well, my combo for this week, guys, I'm repeating what I went with last week, which was the all orange and the brand, because the last time that we played Texas homecoming 2022, we wore all orange. And what did we do? We got the W. We did have a, I think that was the bucking Bronco that we yeah. had on that helmet. Well, we're not going to see that. I think that's too niche of a logo to whip out for the Big 12 championship. I wanted to go Pistol Pete. We haven't seen him in a while, but it is the Big 12 championship, and I think we're just going to stick to our brand. Mm -hmm. Yo, I say we're going to go out there against Texas, especially, you know, you know Texas. You know how they do it. What's their staple whenever they're on the road? They like to go all white. You know, that's their thing. They like to go all white. We're going to be the anti-Texas. Yo, let's bring out the all black, please. Yeah. That would be, yeah, that's what I want to see. Hey, this is for the Big 12 Championship. Let's go out with the all black with the Pistol Pete logo, the, the full Pete logo on the helmets. Nice. I love it. And either the reason I love that is because Texas and Kansas State, and maybe, maybe some of the newer Big 12 schools I haven't really given that much thought, but Texas and Kansas State, they're kind of like the only teams in the Big 12 that don't have letters traditionally on their helmets. It's like – the power cap for Kansas State, the Longhorn for Texas. So if you have Pistol Pete on your helmet against Texas, nice little logo action. Logo war right there. Other, you know? um, but I like your pick because it's an all-black combo, which we've seen, but it's not the Curse of Cowboys, which we have seen. So to avoid having a repeat combo and you're switching it up with a logo, I think that's a great idea. We haven't seen Pete in a while because it's been – I haven't seen it since West Virginia. Yeah, exactly. And it was on the black helmet. Oh, wait. I game. guess we saw him in Cincinnati. Never mind. Yeah, Cincinnati. True. That was a retro Pete. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but we went on a long streak of cursive. And then last week we saw the the brand again. So, yeah. Uh, I could, I could legitimate, legitimately see either one of what you've just said, Meg and Eve. So you're putting me in a tough spot because I feel like I have to basically pick one of those two. So you, don't have to. you can be original. I'm, no, I'm just gonna go with that. If if I'm gonna be original, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to get it right. There's just no way. But what I would love to see would be all black, and then take that 
white brand logo that we had on the helmet against Kansas and put that on there. A white brand paired with the black jerseys with white numbers. Hmm. Maybe you, maybe, throw, maybe you throw a white face mask on there. Maybe the stripes. I don't know. But I'm just saying, hey, if there's a white brand on that thing, that'd be tough to beat. I mean, have we ever done black helmets with a white brand before? We have, but it's like the old school brand, right? Like, so 2009, we did that. We did it in 2016 for that throwback game, Homecoming. Oh, the old school, old school. Gotcha. The old school, old school. Okay. But yeah, even back then, like 2009, 2010, we didn't even have a black helmet at the time. Remember, it was right. like white, right. and we would wear a black logo to change it up from time to time. But we didn't see black until 2011, and back then it was all orange. All, all orange logos so anyway uh, that's what i was saying like if if we did that i'd be surprised i i don't think that that's going to happen um i'll just throw out a random one just so we have something different to go off of uh, i'm going to say uh orange orange white with the cursive orange helmet no, huh? no no i can't i can't i'm sorry sorry meg i can't do that we are so aware of the uni karma. You cannot wear orange, orange, white in the Big 12 championship after what happened against Baylor. So scrap all that. Let's go. Well, I um, mean, we wore orange, orange, white this year, and we won. We beat Kansas. That's true. That's true. But it's the stakes are higher. Yeah, Big you're right. you're no right. repeat combo, right? We, we like to do our best to avoid repeating a combo. So for that reason, I'm going to go black, black, white. And let's say Cursive Cowboys. Black, black, white with the Curse of Cowboys. Um, haven't seen it yet. Hmm. I really wish we weren't playing against a team that was wearing all white because I would have loved to have seen. And maybe we can wear this. Are we, are we sure they're wearing all white? I yeah. Mean, yeah, they, they, they came out and said that. Gotcha. Um, but I would have loved to have seen white, black, white because we wore that against Baylor in 2013 and it was amazing. Uh, bro, I would have um, loved to see my new favorite combination. Well, we still anyway, have a bowl game, guys. So maybe we'll see one of those. Maybe guys. we'll see it in the bowl game. Yeah. 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 I mean, speaking of the bowl game, like this game right here is bigger than the bowl game. Like, oh, I don't sure. care what, I don't care what bowl we end up. If we win, we'll go to a higher bowl. If we lose, we'll go to a lower bowl. It doesn't matter. This game right here is more important than that. I think the, the players on the team know that everybody's playing in this game. I don't know if everybody is going to be playing in the bowl game the way things shake out with. The transfer portal and guys to sit deciding to sit so i think that you you know you just don't worry about the bowl game don't look ahead focus right now i know that nobody is but i just had to throw that out there just in case you are 100 percent right there is nothing i want more than to send both of those teams out of the big 12 send them packing and knowing that they both lost to the oklahoma state cowboys that would be the best thing ever now real quick because I'm actually trying to extend this thing to an hour since we're so close. Oh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. My bad, my bad. But I was going to say, my favorite, you know, black, black, orange was my favorite combo literally for the last 12 years. And, uh, 12, yeah, 12 years. This this year, it's been replaced. White, white, orange. The one that we wore Ooh, yeah. at Arizona State was just, oh, my gosh. That was the cleanest look that we wore the entire season, in my opinion. So, that was a good one. Yeah, well, that's definitely my favorite. After the season, we can do another uniform review with Justin Williams and get to all of that. But right now, yeah, we're getting. Wait, but I can at the same time because we got a game to win. To game I love picks. you, Justin. <laughs> we're getting to game picks. Picks with picks. What does he do? He's nine and three. 
God, so crazy. I know, right? Six, nine, and three. Stop. Traitor. Bix, what are you doing, bro? What you doing? Traitor. He is a traitor. Maybe he saw that the Texas logo was upside down from his perspective and was like, horns down, right? Yeah. And then took it. Well, if any of my Texas friends would like a dog, I have one available to you because he is a trader and I don't have traders living in my house. I'm kidding. I love him. So much. <laughs> he does his best. Um, but yeah, that disappointed me. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. and I told him as much. Man. And I think that he was um, very upset with his decision because he threw up in his crate when oh, I was gone at work. And good. I think that he made himself <laughs> well, good, good. to his stomach good. because he was like, I made a very big mistake and he got sick and he's fine now. He ate his dinner. He played with his friends. He's totally you know? fine. He's snoring on my couch as, as we talk, but um, he's, he's okay. But I think that he was also upset with his decision. Uh, yeah. So. All right. So I think based off of that information alone, what you just said, Meg, I have I have uh, a theory of how this game is going to go. So okay. Bix picks Texas and then he throws Texas up. Right. <laughs> I think this game ends up going to overtime. Like we end up going to overtime. Like you think Texas is going to win. Oklahoma State comes back. We're going to throw Texas up for us to win the game. Southwell, you said. We've scored 20, 27 points five times a season. And <laughs> the regulation is going to be 27 to 27. It's going to be all tied up. And then ultimately, Oklahoma State is going to go ahead and win this game 34-27. Wow. Whew. Cardiac Cowboys just, they don't stop. It wouldn't know? be right if the Cardiac Cowboys didn't show up. I'm starting to call them the break. comeback Cowboys because that's what they've been doing. They, I'll take that. Yeah. That, that works too. Um, I'm going to be so upset if Bixby has a better record than all of us and he's going to get to 10 wins. We're going to sit here and look like we don't know ball. With that being said, Texas scoring 35 points per game. They were able, as I said earlier, to put up 34 in Tuscaloosa early, earlier this year. So I think it's going to take a massive effort by, yes, our O-line, Ollie, Presley, Bowman, Leon, Rashad Owens, and Casey Dunn. We can't afford to start slow like we have nearly all of November. Yep. Uh, we got to be on our A game from the start, and that's because I believe it will take more than 35 points for us to win this game. Maybe we can get a special team score in there, maybe a score from our defense to help out. But hey, I'm also with you, Eve. I'm taking the pokes in a thriller. 35, 34. I thought you said it's going to take more than 35 points. You did say that. 35 with an extra point <laughs> that came off the board, and it didn't matter because we won. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I was going off of your words, bro. take at least 35 points. Yeah. So um, I have picked Oklahoma State every game this season, and that was not intentional. I came in thinking I'm going to pick the team I think is going to win, and the, the, the week that it shifted for me was K-State. Because I was coming off the bye, and I was very torn. I was very on the fence who to pick. And I 
went with Bixby. Bixby picked OSU. And I said, you know what? If Bixby, if they're good enough for Bixby, they're good enough for me. And I picked OSU and I've had faith in this team since then. If I were a unbiased party part of the media, I might be leaning Texas in this game because they look very, very good. They have a college football playoff appearance on the line. They are right there in the mix of that. So they're playing for a lot. However, this is Believe in OK State. I love this team. I have faith in them. I think they can pull it out, although I disagree. I disagree with you guys about it being a high-scoring game. I, I I went with the 27 because 27 seems to be our lucky number, and I have us winning 27-23 in a tight matchup. I'll take that. I just want to win. If we win 13 to 10, I will take it. <laughs> you can win three nothing and I'll be okay. Yeah, I will absolutely take it. If, if if we win three nothing, we are Iowa at that point. <laughs> right. like, <laughs> Minus all the white defenders. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Man. I would love it. I'm just excited for Saturday, guys. I'm excited. 11 a.m. It's gonna be early. We'll get a heavy dose of Nelly. I love Nelly, 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 halftime show. I'm and, very, excited. Uh, very excited. Yeah. I mean, hey, big shout out to the team just for being resilient all year, bouncing back, getting in the Big 12 championship so that we don't have to suffer through an OU Texas SEC Big 12 championship. But man, you you did your part in getting there, but cherry on top if you can win, like. We'll be, we're behind you. We're all behind you. So let's go, Pokes. Let's go. Let's ride. Yeah. Wow. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Let us know your uniform picks. And of course, go, Pokes. Go, Pokes. Beat Texas. Go, Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.